You are Locked On Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdat Nation and Houdat family? Welcome into another episode here at Locked On Saints, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day here every single Monday through Friday, five days a week, covering your New Orleans Saints. On today's episode, in case you missed it, we're going to go through every Friday and recap the biggest stories from the week before. So we're going to be talking about tryouts, we're going to be talking about new signings, and of course, the schedule release. Then we'll get to your questions from the Locked On Saints Facebook group. Who has more to prove, Taysom Hill or Jameis Winston? And then we'll wrap up with part two, our second half of our conversation with New Orleans Saints safety, Eric Burrell. As always, I'm your host, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson Nola on Twitter, Deputy Brand Manager over at CanalStreetChronicles.com, and your Tuesday co-host over at the National Locked On NFL Podcast. We got all that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked On Saints, your team every day. dive right into it. Let's get started with In Case You Missed It. The New Orleans Saints, along with the rest of the NFL, released their schedule on May 12th. And a couple of highlights from that schedule include the week one matchup going up against the Green Bay Packers. New Orleans Saints are expected to open up the Superdome to full capacity by that time. And right now, the uh, according to the organization, at least no intention on any type of confirmation of vaccination in order to be able to attend. So they're expecting a fully packed house coming up week one, September 12th at 325 p.m. Central Time in the Superdome hosting maybe Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. We'll see exactly how that all goes down, but a lot of quarterback intrigue to start off the season right off the bat for the New Orleans Saints. Then another highlight week seven, they'll be traveling to the Seattle Seahawks to Seattle to take them on on Monday night football, the first Monday night football game of the season for the Saints and the first one in Seattle since the 2019 season. So a tough match there for the New Orleans Saints coming right off the bye week, which is early in week six. The Saints that very next week will then host the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Halloween night. Just have to love that pairing New Orleans versus Tampa Bay on Halloween. Sorry, not on Halloween night, but Halloween day. And then the last highlight that I'll point out here in terms of games, week 12, the Saints back to their Thanksgiving tradition, as it should always be from here forward. This time, the Saints hosting Thanksgiving dinner with the Buffalo Bills. So that's five primetime games total for the Saints on the schedule. No international games, which was definitely a possibility because we already knew that the Atlanta Falcons would be hosting one of those international games. And no three-game road trips, although there are a ton of back-to-back road trips throughout this schedule, particularly toward the back half, a lot of alternating back-to-back home, back-to-back road, so on and so forth. In case you missed it, the Saints made another signing this week, which brings their roster up to around 84, so around six spots still available on the 90-man roster. But on Thursday, they signed former ULL safety Deuce Wallace, 5'10", about 207 pounds, according to the Raging Cajuns website. Had a great season in 2018 with 40 tackles, three of which for a loss. He added a sack. He added uh, a fumble uh, force, a fumble recovery, and an interception. The only player on that defense to fill the stat sheet with at least one notch in each of those different categories. He was a former walk-on turned team captain, now on his way to the NFL. We've talked about in our last Top 3 Thursday what the best position groups for the New Orleans Saints are, and we definitely believed that safety was one of those groups. So it's going to be a tough sort of room for him to break in on for certain, but it's a great story and we'll be rooting for Deuce Wallace to see what he's able to do in the black and gold throughout camp here. 
And in case you missed it, he's going to be joining Rookie Minicans, which kicked off today and will run through Saturday at, or excuse me, Sunday, the 16th. So remember, minicamps are no contact, right? They're all about acclimation, understanding, learning the playbook, and for coaches to get a feel about where their rookies are in the process of transition to the NFL. That's really what this is all about. You're not going to learn anything super you know, telling about these rookies during this time in terms of who's ready to start and who's not. But if you want to get them to a place where they are ready to start, this gives you the starting ground and let you know where they're beginning. Now, the NFL also allows tryouts during these mini camps, but for rookie mini camps, they limited the amount. So the NFL has limited the amount of tryouts to only five players during rookie minis. Those five players for the New Orleans Saints are Tanner Lee, former tan, uh, former Tulane and Nebraska quarterback, who was also drafted in the sixth round of 2018 draft by the Jacksonville Jaguars. 55.2% career completion percentage when it came to his college years. Only had about 10 wins in his college career as well. But, you know, he's not someone that's going to come in and challenge for a spot. He's not athletic enough to be one of those quarterbacks that you look at and say, oh, well, maybe he can play another position. But look, somebody's got to throw the ball during rookie minis. And that might be Tanner Lee's role here. Uh, defensive lineman Lorenzo Neal, not that Lorenzo Neal who did spend the first four years of his career with the New Orleans Saints, but his son, Lorenzo Neal Jr., who plays defensive line at Purdue. He's actually somebody I'm a little bit excited about. I mean, he's a defensive tackle that hasn't really filled the stat sheets or anything like that, as you would usually expect from a collegiate uh, defensive tackle. But he's somebody that shows a lot of burst off the line of scrimmage, been disruptive in the run game, and has also shown a little bit of pass rushing prowess as well. So definitely somebody to keep an eye out on as the Saints may still be looking for somebody on that interior defensive line as a part of their rotational vocabulary over on the D-line. Then they brought in linebacker Quentin Poling. Now, Quentin Poling went to the uh, University of Ohio, not Ohio State, but University of Ohio, where he's actually the all-time leader in tackles with 219 and tackles for a loss with 45. This is actually his fifth NFL team as well since coming into the league. They also bring in offensive tackle Kyle Murphy, former Stanford offensive lineman who has spent time as well with the Packers, the Rams, and the Texans now getting a bit of a tryout here with the New Orleans Saints. And the Saints also bringing in another fullback convert, former linebacker Josh McMillan of Alabama. He actually had some lead blocking responsibilities in Alabama whenever that was necessary for the team. So he would transition, jump over to the other side of the ball, lead block for their running back. So three fullbacks now in the mix for the New Orleans Saints. Y'all know how much I love my fullback news locked on fullbacks here with another one. But all right, there you go. In case you missed it, you're all caught up with everything here throughout the week. Next, we're going to get to the questions from the Locked On Saints Facebook group. Who's got more to prove? Taysom Hill or Jameis Winston? We'll talk about that and answer many more questions as well from our Locked On Saints Facebook group and give a quick shout out to our Five Star Friday folks as well. So we've got that coming up for you here as well as our interview with Eric Burrell, the second half of it wrapping up on today's episode. So we'll get to all of that here in just a moment on today's episode of Locked on Saints, your team every day. And of course, today's episode is brought to you by our good friends over at betonline.ag. So go and check them out. There's tons that you can bet on around the NFL, but even tons more that you can bet on elsewhere with the MLB, NHL, WNBA tips off today. Make sure you go and check that out. Support women's sports. You can go ahead and put down some bets on women's sports too, if you like, because they've got lines there for futures as well as the first day of game. So go and check everything out over at betonline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to place all of your bets. You can go out to their website or use your mobile device to sign up for a free account. 
And don't forget that when you're putting in your first deposit as well with the new account to use the promo code Locked On L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, all caps, all one word. That way you can make sure that you get that 50% welcome bonus. You put in 100 bucks, you get an additional 50 in free play. So go and check them out. That's promo code Locked On at betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. All right, family, continuing on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. It is Friday, so I want to give a quick shout out to our five-star Friday folks. These are folks that took the time, and I thank you, thank you, thank you, and appreciate it so much to head over to iTunes to drop a five-star review. So shout out to iTunes user BF, uh, it's B-F-H-S-I-D-B. I don't know what it spells or how to pronounce it, but thank you, thank you, thank you. Also mentioned deserves more stars, but hey, five is great, and I appreciate you doing that. And of course, our good friend and big time supporter of the show, Kristen at Kristen Hudat on Twitter, coming through with uh, with the review as well. And I really, really appreciate it. And also paying attention to how much I love making sure I'm pronouncing people's names correctly. Y'all, how, y'all know how important that is to me. So even when I get them wrong, I want to get them right. So I want to come back to them, even if I get them wrong. So speaking of getting names wrong, let's jump over to the Locked on Saints Facebook group and see how many I can get wrong here. No, but I have a ton of questions here. I'm going to try to rip through as many as I can. And of course, we have some that we can push over to Mailbag Monday as well, so we can get into more of the fun ones. But we're going to stick with the Saints content questions here today. We're going to start off with James Golden. What's more likely to happen, an extension for Ryan Ramchek? or Marshawn Lattimore, and what's the time frame on these potential contracts getting done, including Marcus Williams? I think if you had to say which one was more likely between Ryan Ramchek and Marshawn Lattimore to happen before the season begins, I might go Ryan Ramchek. Considering the legal battles and the legal issues right now that Marshawn Lattimore is in the midst of, I don't know that the Saints are going to want to go in there and leverage against themselves at this time. Perhaps they just let this fifth-year option play out this season and then address it later on after the contract is set to expire going into what would be him, you know, moving out of his contract there. So that might be an option for the New Orleans Saints. But I think Ryan Ramchek is one of the three best players on this roster, period, regardless of position or positional value. So I think that he's the one that probably gets the, uh, let's say, the, the first attention at the moment. But I could also see Marcus Williams getting done. I don't expect these to get done quickly. Just to be completely honest with you, I feel like these are probably extensions that get done closer to the season beginning, as we've seen with Alvin Kamara's contract, as we've seen with Demario Davis's contract, which happened two weeks into the season. Uh, Michael Thomas's contract went down to the wire for camp. So I would see it maybe getting close to camp or even close to the beginning of the season that that's when we actually see those contract extensions get done. But I'm looking at Ryan Ramchek and uh, Marcus Williams and then waiting to see what happens with Marshawn Lattimore at this time. Let's go to Marcel. Marcel, do you think that AK Alvin Kamara's production in the passing game will drop off a bit with Jameis and Taysom starting at quarterback? I think it might with Taysom because we've seen that Taysom was a little bit averse to to throwing to Alvin Kamara out of the backfield, wanted to push downfield. And before he was ready to bail out on a throw to uh, Alvin Kamara, he was ready to just bail out and run, which is just that unique part of his skill set that he has that Drew Brees and Taysom Hill, excuse me, Drew Brees and Jameis Winston do not have. So for me, if it's Taysom, then I would expect to see that pass production sort of drop a little bit. But if it's Jameis, then I would see him still being able to utilize uh, utilize Alvin Kamara and actually also be able to utilize Alvin Kamara out of the slot a little bit more like we saw back in Alvin Kamara's rookie year and really first two years, 2017 and 2018. So I think that would help to bolster his passing game production as well. Next, we've got a Tony Mealy here who asks, uh, considering what Taysom's role is on the offense and special teams, uh, w- or what it would be if he's not QB1, 
how much sooner does this force Coach Payton to make a call about who is QB1 uh, when he would otherwise go with a more conventional player? I don't think that there's any rush here. I think that the Saints will look at the preseason and take their time making their decision. And they'll make their decision before the public knows what their decision is, as we've seen them play that game several times now, particularly twice over the last couple of seasons where Drew Brees has been hurt and injured and not been able to play. And they've gone down to the wire in terms of announcing who is going to be that starting quarterback. So I don't think that there's really any reason for them to rush the decision. I think that they'll wait, gather all the information that they can, and actually hold out on announcing the decision for as long as they can. We've got Andrew Cummings here. How long will it be until we get our first Saints game broadcasted with Drew Brees? I honestly don't know if we get one this year. I think he's only doing Notre Dame games for NBC right off the bat. But if we are going to get one, it's going to be one of those Sunday night games, possibly. So I think it would be that Tampa Bay game, the second Tampa Bay game, week 15. That would be the first Sunday night game. Maybe you see him there, but I'm not sure exactly how much he's going to be involved in. NFL Sunday night broadcasts right away if he's starting with Notre Dame on Saturdays. Next, we'll go to Ken Knutson, who asks, uh, hey, he's a Saints fan from Wisconsin, called himself a rare breed, but must be very happy right now. A lot of Wisconsin Badgers on the New Orleans Saints at the moment. If the Saints were to say cut or trade Latavius Murray, who would be some of the targets for a Camara backup role to help complete the two-headed monster? I got to be honest with you, looking at the free agency market at running back right now, I don't see a lot of options. Maybe Rex Burkhead, Maybe a guy like DeAndre Washington, although he's a little undersized, there's not really a lot that really stands out or really jump out to me as guys that can be a, you know, bruising, running between the tackles type of a guy. I think that if the Saints were to move on from Latavius Murray, it might be because somebody else becomes available at some point during the offseason. But right now with the current crop of free agent running backs, I don't think that they're in any hurry to move on from Latavius Murray, which is good news for Latavius Murray and Latavius Murray fans like myself. Uh, Joseph McKenzie, what are the odds of the Saints signing Richard Sherman? I mean, I, I don't I don't know. I, I really don't. Like the way that everything kind of jumps around right now with Richard Sherman and his own comments and the way that the Saints have addressed the cornerback position so far this offseason, I'd really honestly have no idea. I would probably put it around 33%, like a third of the chance, but I'm not entirely sure. And I really only think about that because of the four teams that he mentioned that he spoke with when he talked to Stephen A. Smith. One of them, the uh, Las Vegas Raiders, has signed Casey Hayward. So there's a 33% chance that he ends up with the New Orleans Saints at this point. Let's go to Hoosh LaRue. Which undrafted free agent has the best chance of making the team? Nolan Cooney's a good option there, the punter out of Syracuse. He's got a 50, 50% chance, probably the best chance because it's only him and Blake Gillikin. So I definitely give him an edge. I give Trill Williams an edge as well because the Saints are thin at cornerback right now. Let's say Shaq Smith being another who could be one of those special teams, special teams contributors. We'll go to uh, Siriaco here who asks, uh, who among the free agent cornerbacks remaining could help the Saints possibly and possibly start in 2021? So my order there is uh, Stephen Nelson, Brashad Breeland, Garyon Conley, and then Richard Sherman's in there as well. Richard Sherman can kind of slot in wherever. Again, I just don't know how likely it is that he'll end up in New Orleans. But those three first guys have played enough man coverage, are familiar enough with systems that are akin to what the New Orleans Saints like or have been even in the division before, like Brashad Breeland's case. Because of all of that, I like those three players, Stephen Nelson, Brashad Breeland, Gary on Conley, and then Richard Sherman is an obvious target there as well. Let's go to our good friend Felix Grimm. The Saints have an early bye week in week six compared to Philly, who will be playing the Saints in week 11, but don't have a bye before week 14. They go a long time playing there. So how important will the bye weeks be after the extension of the regular season? I think very important. I think it's tough to play five games, have a break, and then play 12 straight. 
But I think in other teams instances like Philly, who we just talked about here, playing 13 games, having a bye, and then coming off to play four after that, those are very tough. So yeah, these if you if you land if you're a team that landed a bye week between weeks eight, nine, and ten, that's probably the best situation right now. Anything earlier, anything later, it's just a little bit rougher with the extra game. Uh, next up, we'll go to Danny Curley here. The big question: Who do you think has more to prove, Jam- uh, Jameis Winston or Taysom Hill? I can see an argument for either. I really can too. I really can too. I truly do believe that Jameis Winston came in as a number one overall selection in the NFL draft, making one million dollars last year. Taysom Hill came in as a quarterback and then was asked to move to a special teamer, became a bit of a tight end and an H-back, and is now trying to prove that he's a starting quarterback in the NFL. Both of them have a ton to prove. It just depends upon how much you value the idea that Jameis Winston is a number one overall selection while Taysom Hill was undrafted. The expectations are different for Jameis Winston. The expectations are way up there. And so therefore, maybe he has more to prove. But then you look at how much faith the Saints have in in Taysom Hill, who wants to be a starting quarterback in the NFL. It's almost as if because of the lack of expectation nationally when he came into the NFL and even now that he also has more to prove because he has to prove all of them wrong. So here's the way that I look at it. You can make an argument for either one of these guys. I'm going to say that Jameis has more to prove because of his draft status and the expectations that came with that. But really and honestly, I would hear an argument for either one of these guys as having more to prove. And that might just be the sort of fuel that each of these guys needs as they go into the offseason battle at the quarterback position. All right, y'all, coming up next, we're going to jump into our conversation with Eric Burrell, the second half. There were some questions that I didn't get to that we'll circle back to on Monday in our Monday mailbags. We'll have those coming up at the top of next week. But next up, Eric Burrell is going to tell us which player he's going to go to right away when he wants advice and wants to learn more about how to play effective defense. We'll talk about that and much more with Eric Burrell, New Orleans Saints safety here on today's episode of Locked on Saints, your team every day. Don't forget to check out our good friends over at BuiltBar.com. Nine delicious flavors that include coconut, toasted coconut, mint brownie, raspberry if you're a fruit and chocolate kind of person. I mean, they have everything that you could look for in a protein bar. They're effective, they're delicious, and they're sustainable as well, as in they sustain you throughout the day. You don't have to go through four or five of these, although it's hard not to because of how delicious they taste. So go and check them out, builtbar.com. Let us know what your favorite flavors are. I've seen a bunch of people started to tweet me and say, hey, I tried this, I tried that, loving these, these are great. Please continue to let us know that you love these Built Bars and let us know what your favorite flavor is whenever you get the shot. So go and check them out, BuiltBar.com. Don't forget to use the promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 to get 15% off at BuiltBar.com, the best tasting protein bar on the market. Once again, it's LOCKED15 at BuiltBar.com. joined by Eric Burrell, former Wisconsin Badger safety, now New Orleans Saints safety. I bet that feels pretty cool to hear, right? <laughs> no, it does. <laughs> and again, if y'all want to follow him on Twitter, at Eric Burrell underscore, let's head off the field for a little bit real quick, Eric. Four and a half years at Wisconsin. And when you finished your time there, not only 
Again, 46 games played there. That's a ton of experience, but you also finished with a bachelor's degree and you finished with a master's degree in educational leadership and policy analysis. Now, as a hold of a barely master's degree (laughs) in theater arts, right, which is like kind of a master's degree, coming through with something like educational leadership and policy analysis is incredible. So can you tell us a little bit about the degree, what it took for you to earn that amidst all of the other work that you were doing? And what are you equipped to do now that you have it? Um, so it started off in high school. I met a guy that I knew uh, was real close to me. He was high up in a finance firm. And mm-hmm. um, just everything that he taught me, man, I was just intrigued by it. And I was excited. I'm like, man, I want to do that in college. I want to be like you when I grow up. Um, so that that's how it started. I got into the finance as my undergrad. And then uh, I tore my labor in freshman year. And I'm like, man, I can't be out there with my brothers, but I need to bring something to the table. And I and that's what I took. I wanted to be the second person in my family to get my uh my bachelor's degree so i'm like man i need to go ahead first and let's take care of that since i can't be out there on the field i ended up doing that and doing that three and a half years and man that felt amazing but i feel like i had another year i'm like man i i need to try to try my best to get my master's and i've been blessed enough to have some credits in my undergrad to go towards Mm -hmm. my master's so it only took a year to do my master's but i was busting my tail on doing that stuff and taking a lot of classes in the summer and finishing up in december but um, honestly, I just I just want to set myself up regardless of anything uh, football will be done today, man. I, I believe in myself that I will have a successful career with anything that I do. And that's the mindset that I had at a, such a young age. And obviously, a lot of people see the work ethic that I put in. Like I said, I'm not the smartest. I'm not the fastest, but I'm outwork you regardless of anything that I do in my in my career. And uh, that's yeah. one thing that I took pride in. And that's one thing I will continue to do. That's amazing, man. Congratulations to you, by the way. I mean, with all of this and the master's degree and everything, just like it, a, a, a lot's going right, man. And I'm sure you're excited. Absolutely, man. Uh, it's just there's no limit. This guy's the limit, man. You just keep going, keep building, uh, just building your brand, honestly. Yeah. So to hear your your interest in things like uh, educational leadership and everything, it makes me think about community engagement and like off-field community contributions. If you look at the New Orleans Saints, you've got guys like Malcolm Jenkins, Cam Jordan, Demario Davis, who do a lot of that off-field community con- uh, contributing, being a part of all of that. Is that something that stood out to you at all in your decision to go to New Orleans, or is that something that you consider now? Um, I'll definitely consider it now. I didn't know too much about that. Didn't really go in depth of it. Obviously, mm-hmm. I see it all all the time on social sure. media. Uh, but I'll definitely soak it in once I get there. Talk to all the vets uh, that I know. And uh, Zach Bond's been keeping me in the loop. Like, hey, this is a guy. If you need something, this is the guy you want to go talk to. And just, you know what I mean? Whatever he does, just make sure you're always in his ear and try to figure things out. And um, Michael Jenkins, like you said, is probably one guy that I, that's the first person I'm going to go to introduce myself and just everything that he does, man, I'm just going to go, uh, any, anything, honestly, I want to, I want to learn soaking into everything and just give myself the best possible, uh, option. That's dope, man. All right, let's go back to the field for a moment. Camp Randall stadium. There you are. Picture it. You're standing there. What is the thing that you're going to miss most from your time at that stadium and at Wisconsin? The atmosphere, honestly, man, being pre-COVID, uh, the atmosphere, mm-hmm. man, it's just the fans are crazy, man. It's just a lot of people that I knew is just like donors and fans and classmates, teammates, literally everything, everything. The whole nine is just there, there's no better feeling walking into that stadium or walking out of the state, like running to, out of the tunnel, man. It's just mm-hmm. it's amazing, man. You got to soak it all in. As I got older, I'm like, man. Uh, cherish these moments. I think yeah. um, when you first get there, it's like, oh man, it's a nice atmosphere, and you know what I mean. But you don't really 
uh, feel it until your junior, senior year is like, man, my time's almost coming to an end in Camp Randall. So um, it took a lot, obviously, with COVID. My senior year is just, man, I'm, even with empty stadiums, I'm like, oh, I'm looking around. It's like, man, I'll never be back in this stadium, obviously. <laughs> I mean, I would yeah. for a game, but I, I won't be running around on this field. So I definitely tried my best to soak it all in, man. I, I, I had a little tears uh, coming down. Uh, my my last uh, senior game there against Minnesota with the axe and stuff. So it was yeah, it definitely yeah. felt uh, it, it was amazing. So that's amazing, man. Well, now you get to look forward to finding your way onto the field in one of the NFL's most loud, most raucous environments. Here, you're talking about the atmosphere there. What have you heard about the atmosphere of the Mercedes? Well, currently Mercedes-Benz Superdome, soon to be a name change there. But of the Superdome, it's been nicknamed the Voodoo Dome by some NFL players. What have you heard about that atmosphere? And are you looking forward to being a part of it? Yeah, I just hear, obviously watch it on the TV and stuff. And man, <laughs> I just, and Zach and all my teammates that I played with in college, they're saying there's nothing like it, honestly. And then they're talking about uh, before you run out of tunnel, they do the who that chant and stuff like that. So, uh, it's definitely, I'm going to soak it all in, man. So I'm excited for that first chant, uh, just to run out on the field with the, the new brothers, the new home that I found. And um, I'm just excited for it. Outstanding. Y'all, we're going to be wrapping up here soon with New Orleans Saints safety, Eric Burrell. I'm going to just say it again for you so you get it. Uh, <laughs> so as we begin to close out here, just two more questions for you. First of all, what do you want Saints fans to know that they're getting with you in the black and gold? I'm just a hardworking guy. Uh, just whatever whatever I'm doing on the field, off the field, I'm going to always be professional with anything that I do. And I'm just excited to work, man. Just meet new people, uh, coaching uh, coaching staff, teammates. Literally, I'm going to do anything I can do just to help this team win uh, win a game and or whatever is, and win a Super Bowl, man. It's just sky's the limit, like I said. So I'm just ready. I'm excited, man. I'm stoked to just get there and just let it all loose. I love it. All right. Last question for you. I have to ask. You're from Maryland. You're a big time seafood guy. You're heading down to or at least I imagine you're a seafood guy being from Maryland. You're <laughs> heading sure to I New am. Orleans. There you go. You're heading to New Orleans. Is there anything in particular you're looking forward to trying food wise? Um, probably crawfish. I never there really you had go. that stuff. Um, uh, Malcolm Roach. I'm a good friend of him. We played together in an uh, all-star game in Florida. Um, he's from Louisiana, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'm excited, man. He he told me he's going to uh, give me some new spots to try. And um, I, I'm just excited. I, honestly, I'm open for anything. Um, just whatever it is, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let him know if it's good or bad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm definitely going to give him a rating. But uh, I'm excited, honestly. I, I'm open for anything. That's dope. They always do the rookie crawfish boil every year. So you should be able to get uh, be able to take part in that. Obviously, we'll see how it goes with COVID and the pandemic and everything. But ideally, you get that opportunity uh, as soon as you get to the city. Eric, I appreciate you so much for taking the time to join us. Once again, you can follow him on Twitter at Eric Burrell underscore New Orleans Saints Safety. Eric Burrell, we appreciate you being here on me. Absolutely, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for the time. All right, y'all. Once again, a huge thank you to Eric Burrell at Eric Burrell underscore on Twitter. If you want to catch a write-up of some of the comments that he made, you can go and check it out over at canalstreetchronicles.com. But most of all, follow him, follow his journey as he enters Saints rookie mini camps this weekend, OTAs throughout, and then training camp at the end of the summer here fighting for a roster spot with the New Orleans Saints. Such, such a great guy. And I'm so grateful for him as well as his agent, Pat, for coming through and helping me get him on the show. So I'm very, very pleased with the way that this all turned out and very excited to have him back 
at some point before camp if we can get him uh, if he's available to come through, uh, of course. And again, I appreciate all of you, as always, for listening to today's episode or watching today's episode over on the Locked on Saints YouTube page which you can subscribe to by searching Locked on Saints on YouTube. If you're watching on YouTube, don't forget you can always subscribe to this and listen on the go on your favorite podcast app as well by searching Locked on Saints wherever you get your podcast. Now, as we wrap up today, come back on Monday. We have our Monday mailbag and we'll take a look at mini camps over the course of the weekend as well. There'll be some media availability, some sound bites we'll be able to share, some video we'll be able to watch over on the YouTube side as well. So lots of good stuff coming up all throughout next week. I appreciate you as always for being here, for rating, for reviewing, for liking, for subscribing, for commenting, everything that you do to help grow this family. I appreciate it and I appreciate you. As always, you can find me on Twitter at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how your mom and them and trust you, that nation. I'll holla at you.